the upside of autism and sport is not just the repetitive and the mastery, but also Sam is really hyper-focused. Welcome to episode 70 of the UK Run Chat podcast. We're delighted to have returning for the second time in this interview, Sam and Tony Holness. Regular listeners will remember Sam and Tony being on previously, and they have both been busy since we last spoke, including Sam competing at Kona and achieving a Guinness World Record. Enjoy this chat as Michelle hosts once again. You know you can get in touch if you would like to on info at ukrunchat.co.uk. And before the interview, here is a one-minute message from our sponsors, Ola Dance. Today sponsoring the podcast, we have Ola Dance with their true open-ear earbuds, Ola Dance wearable stereo. Ola Dance feature a completely open-ear design that rests gently and securely on top of your ear. There are no tips, so they'll never go into your ear. That's how they deliver superior sound in a natural, comfortable way. The ear canal remains free, which means you'll never lose track of what's happening around you, whether you're running through your local streets or trails or cycling on the road. This helps to keep you safe, and with a battery life that provides up to a massive 16 hours of continuous play per charge, you really are sorted for the long run. We have a 20% discount code for you to use. If you want to purchase some, go to www.oladance.com forward slash capital U, capital K, capital R, capital C, and use code UKRC30. That's all capitals, UKRC30. Hello, welcome to this episode of the UK Run Chat podcast with your host, Michelle Mortimer, today. I'm speaking with triathlete Sam Holness and his dad, Tony. Now, Sam, we interviewed Sam a couple of years ago for our podcast, and he's a very talented triathlete. Uh, Back then, Sam was targeting uh, Kona. Sam has autism, and he's just become the world's first openly autistic athlete to compete at the Ironman World Championships, for which he was awarded a Guinness World Record. We're really excited to catch up with Sam today and his dad, Tony. So, hello, Sam. How are you? I'm cool. I'm cool. And we're both, we're both very good. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. So, what have you been up to today, Sam? Oh, today, we're doing a school uh, well, presentation. Uh, and Captain, uh, okay, the Captain Junction. Every every member of all this was all many year around year reference. Many, I think they were all many around teenagers. Okay, yeah. So what we what were you talking to them about? Oh, it was about my eye man. Uh, my my it was my eye man. My sup uh. Uh, uh, for, for the marathon, I ran sub three. Brilliant. The Guinness World Record. Mm. Your next races? I'm a, I'm a future race. I'm a yeah, next race. Future races, yeah. I'm a future races. Okay, yeah. So you you have been very busy since we last chatted, haven't you? So let's recap. You've won a Guinness World Record for taking part in Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. Yeah. You've run a sub three London marathon. <laughs> So, yep. what was what was the Ironman World Championships like? It was it was insane in Kona. Yeah. Turned humid. The worst thing is that I had issues and lost a lot of time on the bike and run. My run was four hours forty minutes in Kona, and I was awarded a World Cup place by Hocker and couldn't refuse it. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it was my corner was my second full Ironman race. Thankfully, it was my first one. So, I mean, you, you you were given a world record for the world championships, weren't you? Was that a surprise? Yes, it was a surprise. I was very surprised and very excited. I didn't know that nobody had done this before. It was like getting a gold medal. Yeah, I'm sure it was. That's fantastic. So, I mean, what what was your training like to get to the world championships? Then I do lots of training. I train between twenty five and thirty hours per week. Wow! I swim about thirty kilometer, run eighty kilometer, and bike three hundred kilometer. I also do stiff conditioning two times per week, and yoga uh, and yoga every evening. Wow, yes, keep yourself flexible. So just talk to us a little bit about your autism, Sam. So how how does that affect how you train? Yeah, when I started park, uh, basically park runs, 10K, 
half marathons, or marathon, I was affected by the crowds. They made me anxious. Now I just focus on the race and don't see it. I don't even see the other people. I just okay. uh, try to do my best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do most of my training on my own, so I don't have to talk to anyone. Yes, I see. So how, how does that affect you on race days then? Because there's obviously lots of people about, isn't there? I guess it can get quite busy. Oh, the marathon. Oh, the marathon was only my second competitive marathon. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. We got to race Manchester in a time of three hours, 17 minutes. And I had issues during the race. I needed two faces too for Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. But Yonder was faster because I had a lot more experience. Yes. Okay. After running two full Ironman races, my fitness efforts were higher and was better at pacing my races. My dad told me, me I could go faster without GI issues. So we worked on my diet and training my gut. Yes. Yeah. That it taught me to run without the three hours barrier, but they were going to slow, so I ran on my own. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it was my best race, and I finished in sub three hours. I called Dad as soon as I crossed the finish line. We might target Berlin or Boston now, but I have a qualifying time. And I would like to run two hours 14 minutes in the future to become the faster marathon runner with autism I got another Guinness World Record. Yeah, oh wow, well, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, good luck with that, Sam. Um, yeah, well, shall we, shall we have a bit of a chat with your dad then and he can go into a little bit more detail about your training? Yeah. Okay with you? There we go. Yeah, okay. Hi, Tony. Um, I'm good, very good. Uh, after this morning's presentation, it's um, it was really good. The kids were so motivated by what Sam was doing. Totally yeah. Incredible. Now, he's, he's achieved some fantastic things, hasn't he? Um, I mean, c can we just go kind of back to the beginning then of Sam's journey? And do you just want to describe a little bit about Sam's autism and a, a little bit about the challenges that he faces? Yeah, I think, um, you know, j just chronologically, Sam was diagnosed at three years old, three or four years old. It seems a while now that he's 30. And um, he was nonverbal until he was six. Wow. So, so he wasn't speaking. But I think what we noticed, he had the ability to remember patterns and structures. So although he wasn't speaking, I mean, you know, sort of speak like we are now, he could count and he could add and he could do mental arithmetic. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've learned in hindsight is because the shapes of numbers don't change and they have rules. Yeah. They have structure. And the, by the time he was about six, he taught himself to read. So not necessarily understanding the words, but he knew words. He was like a, a dictionary or a thesaurus. Yeah. Yeah, you put a word in front of him. And um, what he had was uh, communication skills, of course, with the speech bit of anxiety, bad eating habits. These are all signs of autism. Okay. Anybody who's on the spectrum yeah. in the universe will recognize a lot of these things. And um, I think as parents, it's always a bit scary for us. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know yeah. where it's going. And, um, you know, we, we didn't struggle as a family. It just became something we had to deal with. And um, he got on with it. And I think he... There's one school he went to and they didn't cope. And then we found this wonderful little school just down the road from us. And I'll name the school. It's called The Mount. Wonderful little school. And um, it's, it's right on a council estate. But the teachers and the students were absolutely wonderful. And that's where he started to gain confidence and a bit of self-esteem and learn about himself and gave us to learn a bit about autism. Yeah, so you've just... He's, once he, he's found that place where he fits in, really. And, yeah, exactly. that's great. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I was, I was just going to ask how, you know, how he first got into sport, really. Well, I think um, 
like everything in life, you don't know what your child's going to do, what life holds. And um, I think mum, his mum took him to trampolining locally. Yeah. I think she's always wanted to do a double back flip or something. <laughs> she, still, she still hasn't done it, but it's one of her goals in life. Trampolining and she wants to do a pole vault. Yeah, she doesn't matter yeah. if it's four feet pole vault, she wants to do a pole vault. So <laughs> that's one of the bucket list things we're gonna, she wants to do. And he started trampolining. And, and it's funny enough, that's when we learned about um, Sam's motor skills. Yeah. Because another thing that goes with being autistic is that you have weak motor skills. Okay. Very strong, but not coordinated. Okay. So we did um, trampolining and then we, uh, as he got older, we took Sam to archery. So we did archery every Saturday morning. Right. Or one or two days a week and some evenings in the week. And the reason we did archery is because we thought it would help with his concentration and breathing. Better. Yeah. And um, he did ice hockey, believe it or not. Sam plays ice hockey and skates really well. And, um, you know, we're not famous for ice hockey in the UK, but there is a autistic ice hockey club in Streatham in South London. Oh, wow. That runs every Thursday morning. And we, we, we took Sam there. Um, to learn to skate, to learn to be around other people who are neurodiverse, and to play ice hockey. And, you know, after about four weeks, he was on skates up and down, full kit, with his, yeah. with his, um, with his stick. But I always say to anybody, go and watch an autistic ice hockey game. Yeah? It's like yeah. being on Hackney Marshes chasing around a football. That's how they chase the puck. So there are wow. no rules, but it's fun. Yeah. It's giving them fine motor skills and so on. And then, um, no, the drawback of Sam had, no call them drawbacks, maybe just where he was in his development, was he didn't like anyone touching him. Yes. Along with loud noises. So as parents, we sent him to do judo, mm. which is full contact sport. Yeah. And what color belt are you now, sir? Very brown. He's a brown belt in judo. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So quite, quite high up there then. High up. So he was due to go for his grading for black belt, but COVID hit. I'm not allowed to say COVID. No, no, it? It, it, lockdown. The lockdown it, 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 I'm just saying that sometimes the word COVID can be a forbidden to me. He doesn't like anybody saying COVID. It's, it's, a, oh, okay, sometimes it's like a forbidden word. Yeah. So we have to say the lockdown. Yeah. And he was going to go for his grading. And um, so we did. So we're probably going to go back and do that. And um, so that was the introduction. We found that um, when he did sport, he was always more relaxed. Yeah. yeah he just got rid of all of the energy and, you know, the frustration I think he had with um, being autistic. Yeah. So, that, yeah, so that's really good that you found that club as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, sports helped his autism. Has his autism helped with sport, you know, in terms of, being structured in training and things has, you know, has that helped, do you think? You, you know, Michelle, we, it definitely has helped the structure. And if we go back to the beginning, I talked about Sam like to doing repetitive things. Yes, yeah. And doing structures with numbers, structure with, with words. I've taken that same philosophy because I coach him now. I take yeah. that same philosophy with coaching him that he likes repetitive tasks. And he likes repetitive tasks because in the end, you get mastery. Yes. So judo, you get graded. So you do a task, you get a reward. Yeah. Enter in a race, you get a medal, you get a reward. It's structured. The good thing about swimming, it's, again, if you take all the sports and break them down, swimming is about technique, technique, practice, practice, yeah. practice, to get perfect. And I'm of the belief that is it perfect practice that makes perfect, not practice makes perfect. Yeah, you got to practice the right thing. Yeah. Um, running, funnily enough, um, Sam went to a running club and um, I started looking at the biomechanics of running and not many people know you have to learn to run properly. Yeah. You can't just put a pair of shoes on and go out there, hit the road and you can do it. And if you look at any professional athlete, you can see that they mid strike, heel strike, toe strike, whatever it is, yeah. that's best for them. So we work, I'm still working on a lot of the biomechanics of running. So you have to learn to run. Didn't ride a bicycle until he was 14. Yeah. And wow. then we threw him into his first duathlon. When, what year was that? Uh, that was 2015. 
2015 or 16? 2015. 2015, he's got a better memory than me. So 2016, he did London Duathlon in Richmond Park. And that was the first introduction to sort of the duathlon, triathlon world. But prior to that, he was doing park runs, 10Ks, you know, um, half marathons, not many marathons, um, just as a way to get him out there to meet the people and, and to get healthier. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've you've really challenged yourself, Sam, and that you've you know you as parents have helped have helped him do that. I mean, how was it? Kind of that first park run, for example, that you took into. Mm-hmm. You know, were you prepared yeah. for it? <laughs> Your first park run. Uh, I mean, Dad would talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah thank you. So, first park run was new situation, new people. Yeah. And um, Sam, when Sam does this, and we, we've learned is that. He always stands on the outside first and yeah. watches. Okay. And, yeah. and was a little reluctant to run, so we, we walked with him and ran with him a little bit until he did his first one. And then in three weeks' time, he was running around Richmond Park, which is one of the hardest park runs around because it's fairly lumpy. Yeah. And um, then we used to drive from home. We used to drop him off, pick him up afterwards, and then he'd run there on his own and run back. So it was that whole graduate process over a couple of years that he got full independence and would just go there and do it on his own. Yeah. And today, most of his training takes place in Richmond Park. He runs around the park and he cycles around the park. But I, I think you asked the question, which I missed, is how does autism help him? Yes, that's right. That's what and, I'm And, about. you know, the, the upside of autism and sport is not just mm-hmm. the repetitive and the mastery. But also, Sam is really hyper-focused. Yeah. And, you know, um, he talks about, I'm never going to DNF. I'm not going to DQ. Um, I think he'd be one of those athletes that you see crawling over the finish line to get his medal. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and from a coach's perspective, I would say, and I'm not an expert coach, but I am now in autistic coaching yeah. i got my first athlete in sub three hour marathon which i don't think many coaches have achieved no give myself a pat on the back for that and yeah. um and he's never late for a session mm. he always finishes every session that we set him and um we increasingly work together on any training plans the sam has a lot of knowledge which we need to draw and he did a sports science and coaching degree at St Mary's University. Yeah. Oh, did you, Sam? I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a two-one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So there are all of these things that, you know, I suppose I call it opening Pandora's box. It, yeah. We just need to find the key to prize open his gift, and I think that's what sports been for him. You know. Um, you know. How do you feel after you finish running, Sam? Uh, really? No, I, I don't feel no aches and pain. No aches and pains, yeah. I don't have a path. Yeah? Do you like doing Ironman races? Yeah, definitely, yeah. What, so how do you feel? It's just so exciting. Yeah. Uh, so it's my good face, I'm going to do it again. He wants to run another Ironman. But oh, really? It, <laughs> I, I, I think the on the other side, our biggest challenge is pacing for Sam. Yeah, okay. In, in what way, in what respect? Yeah, because, you know, when you're doing endurance sport... Yeah. You have negative or positive splits, for example, and you're supposed to be running so far at this pace, there's a hill here, slow down. Yeah. It's, it's really challenging to break the race down like that with Sam. Okay. Um, because it means, you know, we started writing things down on his palm or on the back of his hand, sorry, to just say what you're going to do at what distance. So London Marathon was quite interesting. Um, I we, we got over to Greenwich and um, they kindly let me go to the holding pen with him they allowed me in okay because there was autism just to settle him down yeah and then i put him behind the guy with a three-hour banner and i said just run in this group all the time and you'll get there and that's when he finished the race i was looking for the three-hour banner all the time and sam was gone he (laughs) just went past because he he actually felt good and we did have a little plan we said that for the first 5k he's going to run at 14 and a half kilometers an hour yeah. And he's going to then run the rest of it at 15 kilometers an hour. And it was that simple. And that's what he did. Yeah. And he finished the race. He just did it perfectly. And we've probably never had that because of his gut issues. 
no. another symptom of, of autism as well. So many people on autism, I think, they say 70% have IBS or something yeah. like that. So it's, it, it, it's just another hurdle to, 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 to climb over. Yeah, some some mentioned that earlier, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so it, so what what do you need to work on with his pacing then? Um, I, th I think we've sort of cracked it in in terms of he probably when he has a big Ironman race, he probably wears two Garmin watches. So if one fails, the other one's still working. Okay. Um, to pace his swim, there's a pair of goggles that has his swim pace and information in the in the glass in the goggle. That's linked to his heart rate monitor, right? Okay, so we can actually he can actually see how fast he's going using GPS okay. in the goggles, um, and then on the bike he has a head unit. He got power meters, everything that would tell him how fast he's going and what his normative power should be on the bike. Yeah. So okay. we break we broke it down so it's manageable. He knows he needs to swim at this pace. He needs to run at this pace at the in doing a marathon or doing a triathlon and this is the power band he needs to cycle in between doing doing an Ironman race and if he follows that and he eats properly yeah then that's the four minutes it's about simplifying the whole the whole race and the way he trains as well yeah yeah and I, I guess just making it clear at what point Sam needs to eat and yeah and, and the good thing about the new watches and all these is that that we put an alarm on it, and every half an hour, it goes off. He needs to have some some carbs. Yeah, yeah. And every time he passes an aid station, he has a sip of water, and that's that's manageable. Yeah. And that's what we tend to do. And then he, it's the same thing when he's on the bike. His watch goes off, and he sips and he sips and he sips, and he just keeps sipping every fifteen minutes on the bike and every half an hour on the run. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so t talk to me a little bit about getting into these extreme endurance events then, like Ironman, because you know there are there are plenty of triathlon distances out there. So what you know, why why Ironman? Um, we always used to joke and say we used to call Sam Iron Sam. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know people have called him Super Sam, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, Super Sam, Iron Sam. Yeah. Just trying to find the right logo. I like Super Sam. Yeah, and um, we we used to do um, sprint it's and Olympic triathlons, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, at Dorney Lakes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think he'd do the races, but his transitions were not fast. Yeah, and at that level, you need to have super fast transitions. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So he, although he might have been in the top ten, twenty swimming. By the time he transitioned and got on his bike, he'd lost a lot of time and space. And I'm talking about maybe a minute. Yeah. 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 And and we could work at that. Um, but it's a different type of race. Um, you're cycling close to one another. Yeah. There's no drafting. So it's, it's it's a whole different approach. And then I looked at what Sam, how Sam thinks and how he works. And we thought, let's see if you can do a, Half Ironman, and we went to um, Cascai, Portugal. Yeah, yeah. when was that? Uh, that's 2019. 2019 was your first half Ironman yeah. in Cascai, and um, the sort of parents we are, we said, Hey, Sam, go, go and do half Ironman after training him at the best we knew how. And um, he finished that in a lot of pain, and you, I think, everybody would for their first one, yeah, I'm sure. And um, after that race, we sat down, we we're just having some post-race meal and we sat down and we thought, you know, he did it. And Sam had that real sense of pride yeah, and achievement and his medal, which I think he just wore for the next two days everywhere he went to. And um, and we thought, what should we do? And we thought, yeah, um, let's not just do this for bucket list. Let's try and make him a professional, make him a champion. Wow. And that was 2019 when lockdown started that's right yeah and um so we thought let, let's let's go for the champion thing you know what else is life about let's go for the let's go for the ultimate yeah that's the same way we sent him to judo when he didn't like touching people so we just have this thing about us which even some of our you know our close friends are saying why are you doing this to sam why are you sending yeah. your son into the sea to swim 3.8 kilometers and then going off on a bike yeah 180 kilometers in you know the heat and the humidity 
and then watch him run a marathon and punish his body. But you know what? Um, after Sam's degree, we started looking for jobs for Sam. Yeah. And we found out that graduates with autism have the highest rate of un unemployment amongst graduates with a disability. Only 7% get full-time jobs. Wow, that is a lot smaller than I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's they, don't, they just don't get past interviews yeah. and stuff like that, this whole technique thing. And we thought, you know, um, why not? And we've been on a journey since doing that. We've been to, where have we travelled to? Yeah, what races have you done? You've you done, done you Qashqai? Qashqai, Utah, yeah. uh, Frankfurt, yeah. and, uh, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, very funny. It's very funny. It's Staffordshire. Staffordshire. Holcomb. Even Holcomb, yeah. You did Holcomb as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, and Lanzarote. And Lanzarote. So we've done Lanzarote twice. Wow. It, it's it's given us an opportunity to travel. Yeah. It's given an opportunity for Sam to get well known. I mean, we've got he's got groupies now. I say, have you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> when he goes to races, they want him to sign autographs and take pictures with him, you know, so we don't know how that happened, but it, it does happen. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's a journey. It's, it's, it's actually transformed into a family activity. Yeah. Yep, so, and, um, but as his coach, I've just realized that getting someone to a race and getting them to uh, finish a race is significantly easier than trying to make a champion. Yes. Yeah. And we're making a champion without access to lottery money. Yeah. Without access to Loughborough, where the best coaches, nutritionists, swimming coaches are available nutritionists. We don't have any of that. We've no. got to beg, steal and borrow to get that, for example. Mm -hmm. Um and even if nutrition is something that I work with a couple of companies, that's not true. We've got some people who are really helpful. Yeah. But even that I've worked on, we've created our own recipe for his, his cycle when he's on the bike. Okay, wow. Um, because of the GI issues. Yes. Um, and and we, we just have to keep doing that. So every day is a learning day for, for, for all of us, you know. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm, I'm turning myself into a fountain of knowledge for coaching for athletes, but especially athletes who are neurodiverse. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic that you've kind of embarked on a new skill journey as well. It's amazing. Yeah, but you never thought you'd become a, a coach. You know what? I, I didn't think I'd become a coach. No. I used to be in technology and, and, and banking. I used to work yeah. for a big investment bank um, and for technology startup companies. And... Um, since the lockdown, I'm not allowed to say the other word. Um, <laughs> I've been coaching Sam, so it's just about three years now. And I tell everyone, it's the best job, it's the best thing you can ever do. Yeah. If I knew how transformative sport could be in anyone's life, I'd have done this years ago. Um, I'd done it ages ago. There's nothing like coaching. I, I sort of understand why people do it. Yeah. Because when they see their athletes perform, when they see themselves transforming other people's lives, it is just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and what, what, you've, what you've both achieved in such a short space of those four years is incredible. And there's a lot, there's so much more to come. This guy is, mm. yeah, it's hard for me because I haven't got that heavy comparison, but he does have an engine on him. Yeah. yeah. And I say it lightly, all I need to do is to convert that into that speedy, you know, you need to be a diesel engine for endurance sports. Yes. And what we're just doing is just making that diesel engine go faster. I mean, we're doing, um, we're going to do more marathons. We're doing Ironman triathlons. And now we're starting to talk about potential next year, looking at some um, trail running, UTMBs. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the really long stuff. So the really yeah. long. Well, they, they, they start from 25K, 50K, yeah. and then they go up. And they've got ultra marathons as well. Yeah. But one of the things that happened recently is Sam has become an ambassador for Ironman Foundation, which is a char Ironman's charity. Yeah. So, you know, they want us to move over to UTMB as well as Hoka Issue sponsors. So 
um, we'll probably give it a try next year. Yeah. Um, because it's a totally different skill. It's not as straightforward because you've got to be used to the heights and the climbing yeah. and the precarious cliff edges and stuff like that. Um, but I think um, we, we're going to give UTMB a crack. And because the only other thing is it, it enhances his um, Ironman um, aerobic capacity anyway. So yeah, you know, yeah, no, why not? It, well, it's, yeah. it's just another sport with massive underrepresentation. The people who look like Sam and are like yeah. Sam. Yeah. And just have a bit of fun doing it. Send him out there. Um, we'll probably start him off with a guide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've reached out to a couple of trail runners who've done um, UTMB OCC races. Yeah. and asked if they'd be his guide. And I've got a real positive feedback from that. So yeah. we'll have a guide for maybe the first two, and then we'll let him go on his own. Yeah. Uh, the difference there is you need to know what happens if bad weather hits you and how you use a torch, how you keep yourself warm, how you read a compass. You're supposed to carry a compass with you as well. Yeah, yeah. As well as, a, you know, your phone and stuff. So it, it's it's a bit more technical from that perspective. Yeah. But if you choose the right races... Um, then it's okay and we'll probably go and go to Italy, Spain or France uh, and, and, and you know and go there and meet um is it Killian Jonet, some of the great yeah. trail runners, you know, um there's just some wonderful names out there. It's just amazing. these people amaze me. Because yeah. when I talk to them they think I just say to them, How oh, you guys this is crazy and they go, You do Iron Man? You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a different kind of crazy. Different kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sam enjoys trail running anyway, doesn't he? I think that's you, you do a lot of trail running, don't you, Sam? Uh, uh, definitely, yeah. So, do you, where, where, which trails do you run? Uh, I normally wear my speed goats, my EFOs, and your shoes, yeah. yeah, and my tech connects. Tech connects, yeah. Do um, you run around Richmond Park on the trail? Yeah, I normally two laps around Richmond, Richmond Park. Sometimes I normally start up that big hill yeah. and throw back down. Yeah. And you do, um, uh, where do you do hill reps? Uh, normally, women in common. Women in common, yeah. Yeah, as I do women in common. Or sometimes the figure eights, uh, uh, both fit football pitches. Football pitches, yeah. So yeah, okay. for, for a lot of Sam's running training, we don't do a lot of stuff on asphalt on the hard road. Yeah. You know, it's, it can be bad on your knees. It can, yeah. For example, so... He will run around. We've got about a dozen football pitches across the road from us. Yeah. And we've got Richmond Park. So we put them on the trails. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of really nice, I don't know if you ever run at um, Wimbledon Common. There's quite a lot of trails there. Yeah. Um, not overtly difficult trails, but it's all muddy and hilly and all the stuff you need in trails. Yeah. And um, we did a trail race, didn't we, out in, um, in, in, in Wales? Yeah. Yeah, so we went out to Port Talbot. There's a the Arfen, Arfen 10K. Yeah. Okay. Which was, oh, it was, you, you know what Wales is like? It's always raining. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, that's what it was like, Michelle. It was, <laughs> it was, and we were just, you know, we, we didn't do it. We just did it with umbrellas and keeping warm. And I think it even shocked Sam by the, the steepness of that hill and the amount of mud there was. Remember you were running, right? And your yeah. foot went into the mud. What yeah, happened? It got stuck. It got stuck, didn't it? Everybody ran past him. He didn't see the puddle of mud, which all the other experts did. Oh, no. And the shoe got stuck in the mud. So, um, yeah, we, 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 you know, we're going to get him to do that. We're going to get him. We're, just, we're, we're, we're trying to have fun while we make a champion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... You hadn't even run a marathon on the road, had you, last time we spoke to you? Um, so to go and do London, I guess that sort of training is is good for building strength as well, isn't it, for road running? Exactly, I think. Yeah. So even that's a story because we Sam did um, Manchester in 3 hours 17, I think, 3 hours 17 yeah. last year. That was his first competitive road marathon. And he's not 20 minutes off for London, Yeah. Yeah, which I think is amazing. It's quite yeah, phenomenal. Incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. At that level and already, it's a lot, isn't it? it? It's a lot at that level, and only four yeah. percent of people I think have run sub three in the world. Yeah, so it, it it is quite amazing. And what we're just going to do is 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 build on that. Um, 
Yeah, Sam mentioned, was it a 240 goal? He said earlier. Yeah, 240 goal. And the reason for 240 is that if you can run 240 when he does an Ironman, it translates in about 310. Yeah. Not half an hour on it. Yeah. So his run portion of the Ironman will be 310. Yeah. And that is fast. Because yeah. most people get up to 330 even four hours. And, um, and I think that's that's what we're looking for. We're looking to carry over those that improvement into the Ironman side of the race. I think um, yeah. that that is definitely on, and it might it might it's going to take a couple of years. You yeah. know, I, I'm not going to tell anybody we're going to see another twenty minutes next year. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's very unlikely to happen. If yeah. we say five minutes next year or two fifty next year, we'll be totally overjoyed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we don't know. Don't know what the limit is, and we're not setting ourselves any limits. And no. I suppose for me, is that if we put the right ingredients in, we'll get this wonderful cake coming out. Yeah. And because Sam trains thirty hours a week like a professional, and wants to do and loves doing it, and doesn't complain about doing it, if we get with the right structure. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm just simplifying it. And I don't think there's a day that Sam doesn't enjoy it. Do you, do you want to stop doing triathlons? No, no. I want to keep ch- doing triathlons. Does that always tease you like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I just, I just, I, I do that because, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm, if he's fulfilling my failed dreams as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's not. He's, yeah. he, he this is this is what he does. Yeah. Um, no, it's, 24 it's 7. It's what I do 24 7 as well. Yeah. Yeah. So c- can we just chat about what Kona is like? You know, just, just tell us a bit about the world championships and how you get there and, you know, just what it's like. Paint us a picture. Oh, wow. So Kona is one of the most beautiful islands in the world. Yeah, Hawaii is. Yeah. And um, the big island we were on, there's the furthest, the southernmost point is the southernmost point in the United States of America. So yeah. it's further south than Florida. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm full of, full of, full of rubbish facts, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll be good on quiz shows. And um, it's, it's lava. It's like Lanzarote, yeah. but significantly hotter. It's humid. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful, but it's so expensive. Is it? Yeah. You know, um, we can buy pineapples cheaper here than we can in Kona and they grow them there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the people are just absolutely amazing, but I, I I think, um, to train, it's a really lovely training ground. Uh, but I don't know if you know that, um, Last year was the last year they had both the men and the women running Kona at the same time. They split it. Yeah, they've they've changed it up this year, haven't they? Yeah, so yeah. the men's are going to be in Nice and the women's in um, Hawaii. And yeah. then next year it flips around. Yeah. And that's simply because the the locals, when the athletes go there, um, they go, they race, and they leave. That's it. Okay. Um, they don't spend a lot of time on holidays. It's, I, th- I think it's it's highly disruptive, and they don't put enough back into the into the into the system. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also very very expensive to go there. So expensive, it's unbelievable. Um, it's about eighteen hours flight and an overnight stop in um, LA. Yeah. I think Nice is going to be very successful. Yeah. Because. You know, Europe has all of the top athletes, triathletes in the world. Um, and Kona is really, it's such a great destination. It's iconic to say that you've raced at Kona. Yeah, I think yeah. in the future, I'm not sure if it's going to stay there. Okay. Um, simply because if the sport grows and the the athletes are grow the sport and it becomes too costly to go there, having it in, you know, Nice or Italy or anywhere else would work extremely well. I think this weekend they've got uh, the um, World Championships down in Ibiza for yeah. the weekend. 
Um, and they're opening the doors and say, come and do it. You know, when we went to Utah, everybody in Utah was saying, in St. George, Utah, saying, please come back here. We'd love to see you here. And yeah. the whole community supported the race. Yeah. Um, but I think also for the, 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 the locals, the Hawaiians in, in, in Kona, was the impact that the athletes had on biodiversity. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they always ask them, when you go into the sea, don't touch the coral, and people are touching the coral and breaking off mm -hmm. the coral and all that sort of stuff. And I think they just got a bit fed up. Yeah. <laughs> fed up with them doing it. So. Yeah, I think I would I would be too. Yeah. Well, we'll you know, see. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Um, so, I mean, what was the whole race experience like there? So, mm -hmm. tell us about the race at Kona. Oh. From the swim? Let's see. Well, there were... The... End up, end up swimming as well. Three point eight k swim uh, through the beach. It was, it was straightforward through the, through, the, through the beach, but through the big rough waves. And it was all out straight through that boat. I went round and went back again. For hundred eighty cycle. Yeah, I remember when I did that cycle virtual or for virtual like a home. And then finally a marathon through the, through the lump. It was all, I found a, a, a low, a hairy marathon. Yeah, through the lava fields, yeah? Yeah. And I, th I think the biggest thing about Kona, there are two things about Kona. Easiest thing is the road is straight up and straight back. Okay. It's not, and this is on a cycle, it's not a complicated course like you might see on one of the tours or the Giro or something like that. Yeah. So you can get into your race position straight mm -hmm. up, straight back. It's fairly easy. However, it's a hundred and over a hundred percent humidity. Yeah. It's forty odd degrees and it's windy. Wow. And that's why it's so difficult. Um and then the run, um uh, Sam was a bit behind schedule. I expected him to finish in about eleven hours. He finished in twelve and a half. Okay. Um and as a coach I started beating myself up and going, Oh my god, what have I done? His mom yeah. wanted to kill me because I sent her son out. I mean, we both did, but, you know, sent him out there. We're thinking, oh, my God, is he okay? Is he okay? Yeah. And um, also because it was now dark in the evening. Yeah. We didn't know how Sam would react to the sensory change from no. running at night. Yeah. And how how was that? And um, he was okay. He had some of those light rings around his neck and he seemed happy. Yeah. And... Um, the good thing is it's so well organized in terms of the stewardship and so on that there was always somebody to guide and someone with water. Yeah. And then um, we asked somebody to find out if he's okay. And I think the difference with Sam is that there were some other athletes there who were, who had um, other disabilities. You know, they were either um, partially sighted or um, Chris Nicky who had um, Down syndrome. They had guides. Okay. So Sam didn't have a guide. No. So he had to make sure he got his own nutrition for 12 hours, that he was eating for 12 hours, that he didn't overdrink, which called slushy stomach, which all runners get, for yeah, example. Yeah. And then um, somebody said, oh, Sam's just up the road. He's two kilometers out. And we could feel the anxiety just drain away from us. Yeah. And then we saw him at the one kilometer mark. And we said to him, 1K to go. And then... Yeah. Somebody said, come on, Sam, I'll show you the finishing line, one of the runners. Yeah. And somebody ran with him to the finishing line, and then he got to the straight. And we saw him at the finishing line, and it was the most amazing, amazing feeling when he crossed the line. Yeah, I'm sure. And then the next morning, you went to the swimming pool and did a big swim. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and you were like, what? Yeah. Um, so he didn't have a lot of doms. No after that race but the first time I saw him I didn't realize he had doms because he doesn't normally get doms so he had a bit of doms after the London Marathon and that was an indication that he ran faster yes yeah that he pushed himself yeah and that for me is probably the best sign we've had in terms of his improvement that yeah. he's getting to that I want to win stage and you can't make a champion unless he wants to win yeah yeah no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, how how do you train for that humidity and the heat that you you described earlier? Oh. I mean, how how do you do that in London? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, London. Yeah. So, do you remember we went? So we were privileged. Um, we went to the Porsche. We did with the Porsche Center. We went to Porsche Center. Silverstone. In Silverstone, yeah. Yeah, we went for a Formula One, and you did went to the heat chamber. You did hit with heat chamber. So we went. We, went, we got an opportunity to go to the heat chamber. Oh, fantastic! At the Porsche Centre in Silverstone, and um, they did the whole lactate. Yeah, I don't say lactose. Lactate yeah. testing on him as well, and we got a full full test. And then um, used to have hot baths at home, hot showers. Yeah. Um, and then we got to Kona two weeks before the race. Yeah, so you could acclimatise a bit. Which, as they say, is enough acclimatisation. Mm-hmm. And we found a really quiet place. And he did hill reps at midday. Wow. For an hour, hour and a half, every day. <laughs> While we were in the shade, of course. But he did hill reps every day, up and down. And you just see the sweat pouring off him as he acclimatised. Yeah. And a um, bit of cycling in the heat as well, on the quieter roads. And um, I think it would have been much harder if he didn't get those two weeks in before. Yeah. But I think the worst thing is that we—I mean, sorry—we didn't go there to train. He was fit when he got there. Yes. But there were people out there training four hours a day still. Okay. Wow. So they, they arrived. They thought they had to keep. I mean, it's still classic taper thing, isn't it? You've got yeah. to taper. And they were training. They weren't tapering. Okay. And you know, I think our objective was to finish Kona. Yeah. Not to race Kona. So that was the first objective. Okay. Um, because it's a learning phase. I mean, the next time he does an Ironman, full Ironman later this year, we're going to go to potentially go to Florida. Okay. Panama City. It's pan flat. Yeah. But again, very humid. Yeah. But very humid. Yeah. Um, but flat. So that is one that we expect him to just put his head down. Yeah. Get the watts up and go as fast as he can, and let's see what he can really do. Yeah. So what are you what are you hoping for there? What's the goal? <laughs> Coach goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I I'm gonna be. I don't want to predict anymore. I'm trying to predict. I get it. No. Even when I thought he did around, I what I did for a lot of marathons, I said yeah, he's going to do around three hours, yeah. and he goes and cracks three hours, and I was so happy. Um, but I think he can do just based on the timings. He'll do sub ten. Yeah, wow. In um in Panama. Yeah. As long as he's healthy. Um and if he does close to nine thirty, then I know we're you know, we're well, well, well on the way. That's a fast race. Yeah. yeah. Um nine thirty will get him into the top ten of his age group. So yeah. if he's in the top twenty of his age group, top thirty, I'm happy. Yeah. Very, very happy. Wow. Yeah, you'll, well, you'll have to let us know how he gets on there then. All the best with that. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, just let you know, so Michelle, we're going to the Ironman 7.2 World Championships. Yeah. In Finland. Okay. In all, end of August. Yeah. So that's his A race for this year. He's going yeah. to go there and do the best we can. It's been nice, sort of cooler weather in Finland, but it's a hard course. Yes. Yeah, so two very different races there. And then, of course, you've got these these trail races coming up. Will that be next year now, or is that this yeah, year? Yeah, the trail races, we're going to try and do more stuff off-season. Yeah. We're just going to go to the muddiest race. What's that tough mudder type mm. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to have some fun. We're going to send them to yeah. tough mudder and go down to Box Hill and get to run up Box Hill, for example. Yeah. You know, and feel the pain and the heat, and it will just get stronger and faster. Yeah. And... Um, He's going to do well as long as he's healthy. Touch wood. Yes. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to do extremely well. Um, and that's just, it's, it's not just the dad and the coach of me talking. I just know he works so hard, he will be rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a good, good work ethic there, Sam. Yeah. That's what you need in sport, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so you've, you've got some really ambitious goals for next year. Do, do keep us posted about those. Um, yeah. I mean, just, just tell us briefly about this Guinness world record that we mentioned earlier as well. Was that a, was that a total surprise or? A, su- a surprise? Yeah. Was it, it a surprise? It did. It was. It was, a, it was huge. I, we didn't know that they were following Sam. Yeah, because I thought you had to apply for a Guinness World Record in a yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so we had to apply. 
Yeah. But by the time we applied, they knew what Sam had done. Okay. And I think um, Iron Man, Iron Man and Hulk, they already know the Guinness World Record people. Yeah. And they 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 probably contacted them before because by the time I got an email saying, "Can you, you know, Sam heard Sam does this? Can you? We'd like to see if it's the Guinness World Record." So we filled the forms in. Yeah. And the, the the key thing they needed is that he had a diagnosis of autism. Yeah. So we had to get some of those medical records and share with them. But everything else, the good thing about doing an Ironman is all the records are real and certified. Yes. It's not like, you know, we did an Ironman in my backyard. No. Yeah? And that sort of stuff. And um, it, it's it's absolutely wonderful. Um, we, we've done an internal talk with them, just talking about the process and what it's like and how we feel. Um, we're hopeful that they're going to put his picture in the September edition of the Guinness World Record book. It'd be nice to see Sam in there as well. Oh, it will, yeah. Um, you know, hope it's in there. And then um, that is just going to be absolutely what it's. I think it's really hard to fathom. I think it's difficult because when schools and Ed Sykes and doctors say to us that you know don't have low expectations for Sam, and then he goes and gets a Guinness World Record and does a yeah. sub marathon, it just lets you know that having autism or intellectual impairment, as they call it, doesn't have to stop you. No, it doesn't, does it? It yeah. really doesn't. You've just got to find what, you know, what ignites your fire. And Sam has clearly found that in, in triathlon. You, you've in just got to find it. And I tell that to everybody at the school. I told the kids today that, yeah. you know, just find that gift. I tell parents, most of all, actually, just find that gift in your child. Yeah. Because we're not doing anything that any parent shouldn't be doing for the child. No. Yeah, and if you can nurture it, you know, it's just unbelievably rewarding. Yeah, well, I, th I think you've inspired a lot of people listening today. Um, so, Sam, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody with autism who's looking to participate and even compete like you are in sports? What would you say to them? I, that's it. I tell them, don't let your disability stop you from doing sports. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, you've certainly inspired me today, Sam. So thank you very much. I think what you've achieved so far is incredible. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, so thank you both for joining us. We wish you all the very best um, with sure. the rest of this thank year's you. races and do keep us posted with how you get on. Yep, there'll be lots of posts and lots of videos and we make sure that we tag you guys as well as we do yes. sometimes, yeah? Thank yeah. you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Go. Thanks.